are we back and better than ever? Hell fucking yeah, we are. And it's so good to be back. I hope everyone out there is doing okay, getting through it. I know the world, life has been so crazy and some terrible things have happened, but we're going to get through it. We are. We're going to kick ass, take names. Hopefully not literally kick ass, more figuratively, you know. Gotta stand up for ourselves, be strong, and yeah, that's what we gotta do. We just gotta keep being the baddest bitches around, yeah. So, other than that, I do hope everyone is out living their best lives as much as possible, I recently went to the movies and saw the new movie Black Phone. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for it. I do recommend watching the trailer and if it seems like you're a cup of tea, definitely go watch it. I really enjoyed it. My sister is the one that was like, hey, let's go see this movie. I had never heard of it, but oh my gosh, it was good. I won't like say any spoilers. The late thing that I will say is the main character's sister is bad fucking ass. She was awesome. So, yeah. That's who I aspire to be. Or what I aspire to be like. So, definitely recommend it. Go see it. Go watch the trailer if you haven't heard of it. And we are here for... Whew, the shoe fetish. Shoe fetish... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I was such an issue with this every time. The Shoe Fetish Slayer Part 2. We left off with Jerry being told that he was not a danger to society. I feel like this has happened quite a bit, especially in the past, like, 50, 60, 70s. They thought they cured, like, the criminality out of them. Like, boom. You're not going to hurt any more people. Or you're not going to kill any more people. So, in 1957, at the age of 18, Jerry was released from the Oregon State Hospital and, in turn, was able to graduate high school because he did continue his education while he was at the state hospital. For about the next two years, um, Jerry did try to attend college he enrolled at Oregon State University in Salem Technical Vocational School but his attendance really wasn't consistent it wasn't really there and he ended up dropping out so after he dropped out he actually enlisted in the army and was stationed at Fort Ord California but He began having, like, these peculiar dreams about a Korean woman who would seduce him. And he had other, as it was reported, disturbing behaviors. And so when Jerry went to talk to the chaplain, the chaplain referred him to the army psychiatrist. And from there, the psychiatrist discharged him from the army for his quote-unquote bizarre obsessions that's what 
was reported. I kind of want to like know more about these bizarre obsessions like for the psychiatrist to like discharge him from the army for quote unquote bizarre obsessions like hmm gets you thinking but after he was discharged you know he was like okay I tried college tried the military like you know what else can I do and so in the fall of 1960 he went back to Corvallis Oregon to live with his parents and weirdly enough they forced him to live in their shed not in the house their shed there are some trends with events in his life and then his gross disgusting crimes that he commits and so after moving into his parents shed one random ass night he was running errands and he came across a young girl who was walking home he followed her home strangled her until she was unconscious and stole her shoes so she still did live thankfully but he did strangle her into unconsciousness and stole her shoes and then later explained that that night he slept with those shoes and it made him feel powerful now this is interesting because we know he liked shoes and his interest in woman's high heels and as a kid he was rejected for that and he obviously still has like this interest in high-heeled shoes and I think he's taking that rejection and turning it and manifesting it into power. Like he's in control now. He's an adult. His parents can't tell him what to do. So he's going to go commit these horrendous crimes. Get these shoes and undergarments. Because he can. And the fact that he said it makes him feel powerful really reinforces that idea. Especially after, you know, he tried college. He tried the army. And now he's back being forced, not even in the house, to live in his parents' shed. I can see how you would feel a little bit out of control. You know, he probably felt like he failed at numerous things. And he can't really get his life on track. And here he is living in his parents' shed. Not even in the house, in the shed. So he needs to gain some of his control back. I'm sure that's what he's thinking. And so he goes and commits this crime. That same year, in 1960, Jerry got his FCC license and started working at a local radio station. And this is where he ended up meeting his future wife, Darcy Metzler. She was 17 at the time they began going out. And her parents did not approve of this relationship whatsoever. And of course, Darcy being a 17 year old, she's like, I don't care. I'm going to go date this man. In her eyes, she's probably like, this is the love of my life. You know, young love. You know, that young, very passionate love. I'm sure that is what she felt and 
Jerry had never experienced attention like that. And Darcy really laid it on him. Like she gave him a lot of attention, affection. And so to Jerry, this is amazing as well. And within a couple months, they were married. I feel like for both of them, it was a new experience. For Jerry, it's all like good emotion, positive emotion, affection, attention, a lot of love. And he was probably just loving life at this point. And for Darcy, you know, she's 17 and she's dating this older guy. He seems nice. He seems to love her, interested in her. I feel like during that time period, too, it wasn't abnormal for people to get married pretty quickly after they started courting or dating, however you want, you know, to put it. So when I look at that, I look at the year, I don't think it's too odd that they got married after a couple months of dating. Because I feel like, again, that was pretty common back then. I mean, it's common now, too. It's just however you want to go about it is however you want to go about it really and it's very individualistic to a relationship as long as you know who you're dating and getting involved with that's all that really matters of course and I'm sure well I know Darcy was not aware of Jerry's past crimes so I'm sure that would have raised some red flags within her mind. So by 1962, Darcy and Jerry did welcome a daughter into the world. At this time, on top of also having a baby, they were moving around quite a bit along the West Coast, mainly because Jerry could not maintain unemployment, which again, I'm sure her parents were not very fond of. By 1967, at the age of 28, Jerry and his family did settle in Portland and Jerry and Jerry did find employment as an electrician. At the same time, Darcy is pregnant and Jerry is reportedly like over the moon to have a son. Like to him to him this is so exciting. He's going to have a little boy. But that kind of came crashing down just a tad bit because Darcy refused to let Jerry be present at the birth of their son. That Jerry was just so ecstatic to welcome into the world. So with feeling rejected and a little down, what did Jerry go do? You know, instead of like most people who would probably, you know, cry, order a pizza, and watch a sad movie. He decided that he was going to stalk a woman, wait until she was asleep, break into her house, steal her shoes. But during this shoe theft, she did wake up. And so Jerry choked her into unconsciousness, raped her, stole her shoes, and ran. Yeah. 
and I think again with the events that had happened before this horrendous crime we can kind of gather that it was a way for him to feel like he was in control in the most disgusting way but to him that is how he felt the most in control his wife won't let him be at the birth of his son so what is he gonna go do he's gonna go get his control back and unfortunately that's how he did it it was on january 26th 1968 when jerry committed his first murder his victim's name was linda slosson on that day she was you know going door to door selling encyclopedias going about her day when jerry had lured her to his workshop which was a garage where he hit her with a two by four and strangled her to death he put her body in several undergarments that he had stolen over the years so he dressed her up took pictures and then before he took the body to dispose of it he actually cut off her left foot and placed it in the freezer with it wearing a high heel. He then dumped the body over a bridge. On March 27, 1969, 19-year-old college student Karen Spinkler goes missing. When word of this did get around, um, two girls did report seeing a man dressed in woman's clothes, you know, hanging around the parking garage where Karen's car was ultimately found abandoned. So they did note that, but that was like the only lead they really had at that time. So unfortunately, um, you know, there was no more in-depth description, nothing more identifying to kind of point towards Jerry at that time. And on April 21st of 1969, Jerry comes across Sharon Wood at the Portland State University parking garage. He tried to attack her and Sharon bit down on his thumb. Her in her mind, she just wanted to make him bleed, you know, cause him pain. So maybe he would let up on his attack. And so she bit down on his thumb, causing him to bleed. Unfortunately, Jerry did, like, beat her to unconsciousness. But the attack was thankfully interrupted by another car passing through the parking garage. So Jerry ultimately had to flee. The next day, so it seems like from the incident after the birth of his son and the decision that Darcy didn't want him there, his crimes really did escalate and they escalated quickly. Like these events happened boom, 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 boom. 
And so the next day, Jerry attempted to abduct a 14-year-old girl, but she luckily escaped. And the day after that, see, he wastes no time. And at this point, police are still not, like, linking these incidents. And on April 23rd, Linda Dawn Salis, her car was found abandoned at a parking garage. And she was reported missing. Jerry had posed as a cop to get close to Linda and then murdered her by asphyxiation. And it was at this point that police are starting to scratch their heads and they're like, okay, we may have like a serial killer on the loose. Like these are starting to connect. And on May 10th, 1969, a local who was fishing at the Long Tom River discovered Linda Saley's body. It had been weighed down in the water by an auto transmission. Two days after the discovery of Linda's body, they found Karen Spinkler's body and it was weighed down in the water by an old engine in the exact same area of the river where Linda's body was. Like literally just a couple feet apart were the two bodies. Jerry had amputated Karen's breasts and filled the wounds with brown paper towels and then covered her chest with one of the undergarment pieces that he had stolen before. On May 28, 1969, after several reports of Jerry harassing university students, he would anonymously uh, he would anonymously <laughs> he would anonymously call into dorm rooms and try to like obtain blind dates and he was just all around being creepy and so there were several reports of him doing this and some of the college students who had like tried to meet up with him or whatever could identify him so they were able to describe him and point law enforcement in Jerry's direction thankfully and so police did take those reports seriously and did start actually looking into Jerry looking into his past and really keeping an eye on him and when they went to his house to kind of question him they did see some suspicious items and after being able to kind of build a case they did have enough evidence to obtain an arrest warrant he did try to run from police who were just trying to serve him a warrant And once they were able to capture Jerry, the police began the interrogation process. On June 1st of 1969, uh, Jerry was communicating with his wife and was trying to convince her to, you know, burn some items like clothing and such. And Darcy, you know, she has no idea what's going on. 
all of a sudden her husband is arrested and now he's telling her you know to burn clothing and different items that I'm sure she didn't even know her husband had and she does not comply thankfully so on June 2nd investigator Jim Stovall obtains a confession from Jerry about some of the murders regarding the bodies that were recently found and on June 4th you know he was arraigned for the murder of Karen Spinker and he pleads not guilty by reason of insanity this led to of course a bunch of testings um, his IQ tests were above average he was not deemed criminally insane though he is diagnosed as antisocial personality um, again fetishism transvestitism voyeurism and sadism on June 27th Jerry was charged with three counts of first-degree murder and he decided to take back his not guilty by reason of insanity plea and did end up pleading guilty. He was then sentenced to three consecutive life sentences because there is no death penalty in Oregon. And unfortunately, he was not charged with the murder of Linda Slauson as her body was not ever discovered. On July 17th of 1969, there were obviously reports coming in about women going missing, um, break-ins, a bunch of other things, and, and there were claims that Darcy did help aid Jerry in some of the murders and some of the crimes he had committed. So in August, Darcy was arraigned. And she did testify and she pled not guilty and thankfully she was found not guilty because I truly believe that she had no idea what Jerry was up to and that really saddens me because I'm sure this just opened up a whole new world to her and it was probably very traumatic for her that the father of her children and her husband were committing these disgusting murderous and doing these horrendous things to other women I could not imagine what she went through and then having these claims come out saying that you participated oh my gosh I cannot imagine how that must have been for her so she was found not guilty and did divorce Jerry for his workshop slash garage where he you know took these women um, took photos dressed them in undergarments did horrendous things to all his victims bodies he did have a lock and Darcy was never allowed to go into that workshop unless given permission so I do believe that 
she did not know a single thing that was going on. And I know that sounds surprising, right? Because it's going on like on her property. But I really do think she is innocent. And so Darcy did end up divorcing Jerry and changed her name to try and live out a more normal life after, you know, everything kind of came to light. Um, after that, of course, Jerry has tried to get out on parole and, and just try to be released, but everything has luckily been rejected and the parole board made it quite clear that Jerry will never be set free, thankfully. So that is the story of the shoe fetish slayer who man said it first try thank goodness this guy who what do we think i think it's quite interesting how after the birth of his son how quickly things escalated he really just, once he got a taste for it, he just could not stop, unfortunately. And I think it did give him a disgusting sense of control and power where maybe he lacked in other aspects of life. And I don't think at first it started out that way. As a five-year-old kid, I don't think he meant anything malicious by his interest in shoes and high heels. I think as life went on in a gross way, subconsciously, it was definitely to get back at his mom and kind of prove to himself that he's just this powerful guy. I do send condolences out to everyone affected and hopefully Darcy as well has been able to move on and been able to separate from Jerry and live her life as well so yeah and thank you guys for listening I'm excited to be back I'm excited to do these longer more in-depth you know audios I think I will start doing like little mentions of cases that I come across that are interesting or that you guys request and then get into like the main case that we are discussing just because I love talking to you guys so I think that's how it's going to be so thank you guys for listening and I cannot wait till next week take care and have a safe safe weekend okay all right bye